0: At, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and it's spreading far and wide, who can turn the tide? G.I. Joe, American hero, G.I. Joe, Joe fighting for freedom wherever there's trouble, over land.
1: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 189, Top 5 Movies of 1987. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we are getting near the tail end of the 80s when it comes to the movies, uh, but man, every single year we get farther into the 80s, gets harder and harder to make one of these Top 5 lists. Um, but... I, I'm going to do this in a Marvel style. Uh, because you demanded it, we decided to bring back a guest host for this episode. Uh, Mr. Greg Shiegel, uh creator of the Comic Picks, is joining us once again for one of these movie episodes. Uh, Greg, thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm almost
2: afraid to ask who's demanding it, but I'll accept the demand.
1: Well, I figure Marvel always says, because you demanded it. Sure, of <laughs> <laughs> I'm never really yeah. sure who's demanding it, but evidently someone. Okay, is, so. <laughs> sure. John demanded it. I know
2: I know it was
3: John. Greg, like, I will say, as as the man who imbued his G.I. Joe characters with supernatural powers <laughs> and was so willing to share it last time and... We're, we're, you, you really entertain the masses. We're, we're more than happy to have you back. It's been too long, my friend.
2: I will say that is now. So I do. Uh, I do school visits every now and again, school and library visits, and the the turning of my GI Joes into superheroes has become a part of that presentation.
1: <laughs> that is
2: awesome. I throw up. I throw up a photo of uh, Lifeline, and then I show <laughs> a drawing of the superhero that he became, a character named Rescue, because Lifeline has the word Rescue on his leg. Right. The, uh, and he was a speedster. He ran real fast. Nice, nice. Yeah. great. So yeah. it, it's, it's a, it is a through line
1: now, part of my life. <laughs> well, I will say when John John was the one that had mentioned pop, you know possibly having you on again in the second he mentioned having you come on again, uh, I was actually thrilled that he suggested it because uh, and I and I not saying this just because you're on here, but you honestly have been one of my favorite guests on here because you've been very entertaining and going through movies with you. There was no question I wanted you on for another movie list because it was just a lot of fun last time. So <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we're not doing video. You'll see me
2: all blushing.
1: <laughs> so
2: glad you don't have to see that. No, that's thank you. Sure. That's all. That's very kind of you. It was fun to do it. And I'm, I'm, uh, as much as I overthink and
1: really overthink these lists, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to going through it again. Awesome. Uh, well, before we get in into any of that, uh, I did want to talk about PIX because since the last time we had you on, uh, it's actually been picked up by, you're not really self, I, I don't know if it's, you're still considered self-publishing or not really anymore or what it is, but you're, you're with a publisher now. Yes. That's producing yeah. it, so.
2: Yes, PIX is now uh, being published over at Image Comics. Um, it is no longer technically self-publishing because yeah. with Image Comics, I am not putting up the money to print and ship and and, and do that with the books. Right. Uh, so Image is the publisher. It is not a traditional publishing deal in that you don't get an advance, you don't get paid until Image makes their money back. So I refer to it as self-publishing with a boost. Yeah. Um, but it, it's certainly a weight off of uh, – my shoulders in terms of actual costs because the second book so yeah they, they reprinted the first book with about six or eight pages of bonus material just sketches and things and then they did a uh, a new uh, printing of the second book first printing of the second book which was is a 200 page book yeah and uh self-publishing that was going to cost uh, a lot of money yeah so i'm thankful that image uh, had enough faith in it to say yeah we'll publish it and then i it saved me yeah. It saved me a lot of money out of pocket. Yeah. Still haven't made, a, still haven't made any money on it, but that, that's a long tail. That'll happen. Yeah. Fingers crossed
1: eventually. Yeah, well, and the th- and the thing that, and that, what you were saying as far as how that works with images is exactly why, like, image is that unique company where it's like, okay, you're not really self-publishing, but you, you still have a lot of the rights and everything else of a self-publisher, so it, it, I have it, all the rights. Yeah, yeah. exactly, I mean, you, so it's-
2: You maintain ownership of everything.
1: Yeah, so- uh, which is very cool. But, yeah, I was uh, thrilled when I saw that that happened. I was thrilled when I saw that a second volume was coming out. I will say that I am one that will be owing you that purchase of a second volume, so I'll help you get to that goal. <laughs> um But since the last time we talked, too, because last time I had not read PIX yet, so now I have read the first volume, and I was thoroughly entertained. Uh so and I had some I had some just general questions when it came to right. the actual comic now. So let's well, do yeah. So first off, I want to tell you the thing that that my favorite moment in the entire first volume was when Pix had to fight the uh, the eight ball octopus scorpion tail in the bathroom sink. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, but that's what it was. It was a magic eight ball with with octopus legs and a scorpion tail, and it was in the yeah. bathroom sink.
2: So. It is, a, yeah, it is a tentacled magic eight ball with a scorpion tail. Yes, and um, uh, yeah, that 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 creature is a thing I've had in my mind for for a number of years, and I always liked the idea of a tiny a tiny person fighting with a Q-tip. <laughs> so I eventually uh, it eventually found a home in picks. But yeah, that that was an idea I, I'd had sort of burbling around in my head for for years uh, that I always wanted to. To uh, execute, okay. especially the bit where, and I, I think I can slightly spoil this, where just the exchange of, of conversation between the eight ball and picks. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, did, I did all the necessary research. I made sure I got all the all those lines right. Oh, there, you, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, yeah, that that was an idea I've, I've had for a long time. So, and people seem to like it, yeah, which it is was, good.
1: It was brilliant. So, um, Thank you. now in regards to some of the, the characters, were just because some of them had had sparked some thoughts in my mind. Were any of the characters, like some of the main characters, um, inspired by anybody in particular, or did you look go for certain looks of certain characters or anything like uh, that? Sure. So I believe you're wondering if
2: that guy's supposed to look like Shaggy. The answer to that is no. Okay. Uh, that was a, a, a goofy accident, and I'll never live it down. I <laughs> actually thought about redrawing his hair for, for the reprint, but he gets a haircut, and, and that's that's all well and good. So he was not intended to look like Shaggy. It was a, it was a I don't know how that happened. Okay. Uh, but but Pix's two friends are are based in part visually on Archie and Jughead.
1: Okay, I can see that.
2: Yeah. Uh, one is one is the the shorter redhead with freckles. The
1: other one is a taller, lankier one with a pointy nose. Okay. So now, yeah. Now her parents, at least in, in several of the images also remind me a little bit of the parents on the show family ties a little bit oh interesting interesting <laughs> i had not i had not thought about that <laughs> but that's pretty good
2: yeah yeah they do have a, a meredith baxter bernie michael gross
1: quality to them yeah so when i when i first saw the very first image of them they they that was the first thing that popped in my head i was like i have to ask them if they were inspired by that at all or that was another just happy coincidence <laughs> no that ha- that's a happy coincidence yeah
2: so so uh, pix's mom is based on just like an older version of pix so she's small okay. and blonde and just looks slightly older and then the stepfather is just based on this concept of a stepfather so he just has that sort of look about him yeah um, that happens to look a bit like michael gross although michael gross never had a goatee right he was always bearded or not bearded
1: uh yeah yeah he never really had the goatee but yeah he was he was bearded so uh, yeah but, but no I, I can see why you yeah. might
2: you might you know as somebody who's obsessed with the 80s I can see how you might jump right, to that and that's, right. that's perfect <laughs> there
1: um, and I will say I personally loved the touch when uh when the story jumped ahead you know basically you didn't know what they were all seeing because they were all amazed at what was was happening and then it jumps ahead and you find out what had happened. But uh, I loved how you introduced each of the characters as just like a, it was kind of like a, here's what you need to know about this character. Um, right. And uh, the, the one I especially loved was uh, with Seth, uh, where you said, Seth is a boy, but not her boyfriend, though he'd like to be. Because I yes. feel like there's a lot of guys out there that could relate to that. <laughs> there, there are. And that, and
2: that, that particular storyline, without giving too much away, mm-hmm. uh, takes another step in book two. Now, there is a reference to an 80s movie in Pix Volume 1. Uh, There might be more than one, but one specifically that I'm thinking of. I don't know if either of you guys caught it, but when Pix comes home from her date, and she's walking in the door, Uh the stepfather says, How was your... and he's throwing a nut up in the air to catch it. And she grabs it out of the air and says, Bad, as he finishes the word date. Oh, Indiana Jones! Raiders yes. of Lost Ark. Okay, yes. it is it is incredibly subtle. Yeah, but one I... that one that nobody would ever in the million years get unless I pointed out to them. So, how good a
1: reference is it? <laughs> but, but it entertained me. But uh, but yeah, I, I I see it now. So yeah, yeah okay. it's a, a very particularly strange Easter egg.
2: Yeah, uh, I like it though. And, I like it. Thank you. Yeah, there's a handful of those in book two, and I I think in maybe i'll do it tomorrow i'm working on my newsletter that i send out on the first of the month maybe i'll tease it tomorrow and, and do the newsletter in in august like the the scavenger
1: hunt find all the references in picks volume two <laughs> nice <laughs> but uh yeah. no i can definitely appreciate that one being a, a huge fan of the indiana jones uh franchise itself so uh i, I can definitely appreciate that one so did you catch
3: that one john It's been so long since I read it, I have to admit I don't remember. (laughs) I thought we put you to sleep. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. I'm I'm excited that uh I'm excited that uh that Ryan enjoyed it as much as he did. I will it was it was funny. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine the other day whose daughter is in Girl Scouts and there is a, a cartooning badge apparently and she's gotten really into comics and so I sent her a note and I said, Hey, you know, one of my buddies uh has put this book out you know his his creation his idea and i said spider-man meets disney princess because i remember you said that in the last episode and she I, she sent it over to
2: her husband and said we need to get this so there you go i was so yeah good. that the guys at at challenger's comics in chicago are very fond of that uh spider-man disney princess uh thing so it seems to be working yeah whatever works right
1: i'd say i'd That's say it's fun. a good analogy so yeah
2: yeah i use that one and i use i think i used it last time also it's uh Buffy meets Alice Wonderland with a with a swirl of Archie comics. Yeah, yep.
3: Well, talk a little bit about uh, about volume two, and you know, I know it came out right right around Free Comic Book Day. And talk a little bit about, I guess, you know, what's the premise? And
2: I how, do and all those things. Seconds. Sure. <laughs> uh, volume two continues the story from volume one, but it takes it it takes a turn as classic uh, second episodes often do. Uh, so you know, it takes it takes I guess what people would refer to as a darker turn. Uh, The basic setup is Pix goes back to school, because book one takes place at the end of spring break. So she goes back to school, and uh, we learn that being a superhero at school for her is uh, not as awesome as we might imagine it to be. Uh, By wearing her costumes at school and claiming to be a fairy princess, she is mocked, she is ridiculed, she is seen as a a menace to the school by the faculty. And after one particular event at the beginning of the the book, she determines that her actions as a superhero – uh, might be doing more harm than good, and she hangs up her costume and tries to be a normal person. <laughs> but normal is boring, and this is a comic book, so uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite work out that well. Uh, and then I don't want to spoil I too much. Know. Greg, these days, in some is- some books, if it was a issue
3: to issue, you'd have five or six issues that were being normal, and you put it in trade. So
2: yeah, it's funny. So when I was working on the book, I mean, there's there's a huge swath of this book where she is wearing regular clothes she is not doing anything heroic at all she's avoiding using her power she feels like if she uses her power she's putting people in danger so I'm like how do I I got to make this interesting so they're, they're you know very concerned that the, the superhero thing was going to take a huge back seat but hopefully being set piece and the closing set piece uh, are enough and then the drama sort of in that period where she's trying to figure out what to do with her life uh, will be engaging enough that nobody will be bored I don't think so. So far, people who have read it have not
1: expressed, at least to me, there should have been more
2: punch kicks.
1: <laughs> well, and I think, too, like, uh, and granted, someone could potentially pick up Volume 2 and just read that. I, Lord knows I've done that before with uh, comics and everything else, but I would think if you've read Volume 1, you are invested enough in the character that when you get to Volume 2, you know, you're, you feel for that character and, and this, it's more of like a character growth and everything else. So it's, you don't always need the punch and kicks and all that stuff going on to
2: right and there's and before you know let me just say there's a sure. lot of punch and kicks <laughs> i mean there's there's punch and kick for the first like 30 pages and then there's no punch and kicks for about 100 and then there's more punch and kicks in the last uh, bunch of pages um, i'm very happy with it i think it's i think it's a, a solid uh, really i don't know i'm very pleased with with uh, the structure of it the character stuff the the building of it, and then as I was writing book two, I came up with a good a good bunch of stuff for book three that uh, I think will will make some things that happened in book one look like they were planned the whole time, <laughs> nice. and they
0: weren't.
1: <laughs> well, it's yeah. one of those things too. I I think it just kind of happens that you know, and I've heard this from many creators before. It's it, the characters kind of take a life of their own, and sometimes they go in directions you weren't originally planning that they would. But then sometimes you're able to pull from stuff that you originally had started down a certain path, and like, and it kind of just all works out and all ties together. So,
2: yeah, this is this is less a case of the characters sort of taking over and and striking their course as much as it's me sitting there going, wait, how does I've set this up, but how do I like if I need to really explain it, what does it mean, blah blah, and then go, oh wait a minute, that's a thing that could mean this, and then ooh, and that ties into that, and boom, 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 boom suddenly things that had no discernible right. reason start to say like oh this could actually work and this could explain this thing that I'd originally written as just a, a one-off can now suddenly have more uh, gravitas
1: if you I will. like one personal thought I always thought when it came to like comics in general I, I always wanted to see like a, a doctor Strange series where there you know, you spend a lot of time in this in a room where he's got stuff on the shelf and, and everything else and and each issue is a story about something that was on that shelf or in that room and it kind of brings that whole room together as to what it is and why they're all there. Um so the quite the comic you're saying the comic
2: equivalent of the rug and the big Lebowski it brings yeah. the room together. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, you guys have been both active with uh, conventions recently uh, uh, John I know you had Austin con I know heroes con happened uh, you know so uh, John John and I John and I hung out at uh, uh,
2: Virginia was it was Richmond con what was it called John Virginia comic-con Virginia comic-con yeah. how'd that, that go sad. Oh, John, John, <laughs> John what's that John that was in October, sadly. <laughs> it was in October, but John got to witness me eat uh, two full racks of ribs uh, two nights in a row. <laughs> nice, like now, some kind of
1: ball. Now, did you have two racks of ribs each night?
2: Yeah. Oh, no, no, oh. one rack. One no, no one. Oh, okay, <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> right, I think I got a
2: rack the second night. I think I went, or did I do a half? Now I can't remember. I think you got a half, but you had
3: donuts. We we hit all the hot spots around Richmond That's that true. we could
2: within reason. I did. I did eat donuts. It's true. I don't know. I ate a lot. I went
3: back to salads as soon as I got home. <laughs> Greg, Greg is a big enough celebrity that Jake or Daniel, rather, who doesn't go to conventions anymore, actually came both days just to hang out with him and
2: yeah, visit. He, he, he was my booth babe.
3: That's right. He was a booth babe.
2: <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a good time. It was a good show. I, I, I thank you for bringing bringing me down glad to have done it yes but yes heroes con happened john was not at heroes con he was missed dearly i, I was not sadly I'll, I'll tell
3: i'll tell my awesome con story in a minute after you talk about how charlotte was uh
2: so i hadn't done heroes con in six years it was, it's been a, it had been a long time since i've been in then that neck of the woods uh, the show is twice as big as it was when i first went like the show floor is massive uh the talent there is ridiculous uh they give guests of the show lunch every day, which was new and awesome. Wow. Yeah. Cool. We got a, like a sandwich and chips every day. Which was nice. so cool. Um, the show started out real strong. A lot of people coming over for, for uh, sketches and commissions. Almost made me feel like I was a real cartoonist. Uh, <laughs> and then and then, it, just, it got slower as the weekend went by, uh, which seemed to be the case with a lot of people. Still a great time. I did two panels at that show and i'm hoping to get recordings of those panels one was uh another edition of the panel i did a few years back at emerald city comic-con called comics aren't real that i did as a uh, an episode of my podcast i released that and then the other was uh animation panel that i was asked to moderate and that Thanks. one went very well hopefully those recordings will will come my way very cool and then i can release those as episodes and then what else happened and then I was on, there's a podcast called War Rocket Ajax, and I was on that podcast as a trivia game master with some very, uh, some deep cut comic book trivia questions for, for these uh, trivia maestros, and that was a lot of fun, too. That, I think, that's out, and uh, you can go find that at, War. I think it's warrocketajax.com, but I could be wrong, because I don't have it in front of me. okay. <laughs> Uh, was, uh, we have very we have very smart listeners. They will
1: track it down. They will, they will it. figure
2: it out. Yes. And then the following weekend, so HeroesCon ended. I got back to back home on Monday, and then the following Thursday, I was back on a plane. I went to Chicago for the American Library Association conference, uh, which just was this past weekend. Although I don't know when you're dropping this episode, uh, it was the last weekend. Yeah, before the end of June. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But uh, at that show, that's talking to a bunch of librarians, but just in reference to what we were just saying about eating, I ate 13, 14 donuts? 13, 14,
0: 13 wow. or 14? Wow. <laughs> okay.
2: Days. Yeah, in, in the span of the five days I was there.
3: How much pizza or beef sandwiches or hot dogs did you consume?
2: No beef sandwiches. Uh, something called a pizza cup at an Italian restaurant was the only pizza I consumed. I did eat one hot dog, and I thought, these hot dogs, this this is no good. Forget these hot dogs.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did have some really good fried chicken at a Chinese restaurant that had, a, like, Sichuan peppers in it. That was great. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I did I did the good work on the donuts. Nobody was, has, has to was, worry.
3: Was the pizza cup like what uh, Steve Martin ate in
2: The Jerk? Oh, geez, I can't remember what Steve oh. Martin ate in The Jerk. This was It was like a little tiny, like, <laughs> have you seen a mini pie? It was like a mini pie of, of pizza. Ah, okay. Like a, like a mini deep dish. He just ate pizza in a cup that looked like
3: just kind of slop. It was in a paper vessel. But.
2: Yeah, this was not a uh, slop in a <laughs> vessel. This was uh, a, a like a miniature pie that you might get if you were ordering a miniature pie. But in lieu of a uh, fruit filling or something, it had sauce, cheese, and spinach. Okay. And I chose spinach. I figured she should get some vegetables inside of
0: it, <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, that was, those, those have been my convention adventures, convention adventures. Yeah. Uh, at least my traveling convention adventures. Tell us about AwesomeCon, John. So
3: this was the second year that I, I went to AwesomeCon. And, and last year, some, some listeners remember I had a really, I was pretty down on the experience. I think they, they didn't have a, a great guest list. They didn't seem to really have a lot of comic stuff. It was much more media-related and was pretty underwhelmed. Uh, but went up uh, for for this year, and I have to say, really, really, really had a great time. Uh, Jacob and I drove up uh, to the district, and we, uh, we hung out with Shannon Gallant quite a bit, which was always great, and um, got a chance to visit with Mike Norton and got a sketch from him which was very excited about that. Talked G.I. Joe with him for quite a while uh, nice. to him on the show down the road uh, based on the conversation I had with him. Uh, I had uh, I had my first geek out moment ever, and it was not a comic artist. Um, I was sitting at Shannon's table. We're visiting, talking, carrying on. Grubs there, Andre, Andre. Andre was there. Some of you saw a picture I posted on Facebook. He does exist. But sitting uh, there talking, and I look up and I see this guy just walking the hall, just by himself, just kind of move, moving along. And I, I freaked out. And I jumped up. And uh, those of you who know me uh, know I'm a, a, a heavy set fellow. And Shannon and Grub said they never seen me move so fast in my life. <laughs> I, I met. Uh, I stopped and I met Scott Adsett. Uh, nice. So, yes, yeah, some of you may not know Scott Adsit's name. And if you don't, shame on you. But uh, <laughs> he's been around since Mr. Show and in the sketch and improv community. And he was on 30 Rock. He was Pete, the producer on 30 Rock. Probably the the biggest credit he has that most people don't know is he was the voice of Baymax in Big Hero 6. Oh, uh, that's like, true. yeah. But Scott Adsit is a huge comic book uh reader and collector i mean he's he's actually a character now in deadpool he's a shield agent there he's also really well known for his art collection uh some of the pieces he has are are really really something to behold so i stopped or i ran up to him and i i just i patted him on the arm and i said mr atsit and he turned around i said listen i don't want to uh i don't mean to startle you or don't want to i don't want to stop you but i just wanted to stop and say i'm a huge fan Uh, i have been for a long time would you mind taking a picture and he was very very nice I was a complete ass. I fell all over myself. I was so overwhelmed just seeing him because I was like, again, he's, it's, he's certainly not the biggest name there. And he, I said, Oh, what are you doing here? And apparently he was there. I think he was moderating, uh, the panel that Edgar Wright did, uh, for Baby Driver, and some stuff he had going on. And he's like, Oh, I was here for a panel. And oh, have you been here before? No. And we talked a little bit about heroes. And, uh, he said, Oh, and I had an exhibitor badge on and he's like, Oh, you know, what are you exhibiting? I'm like, Oh, I'm here with my friend. And. Anyway, so I made a complete jackass of myself, but he was very nice, very accommodating. And I took my picture. Well, go back to the table. Jacob comes back, and I'm, I said, I got to show you something. And I showed him the picture, and he freaked. And then I texted it to Daniel, uh, my younger boy, who is a huge 30 Rock fan, and texted it to him, and he freaked out even bigger. The sad part was is that uh, Shannon didn't know who he was. Grub had no idea who he was. <laughs> Probably people there didn't know. Um but it was, it was, it was amazing. I, that was kind of my, like I said, my biggest geek out moment ever at a convention like that. I uh, had a chance to talk to Tom King for quite a while, uh, which is always great to see him. And he, uh, he was just around hanging out, buying toys for the kids. And we stopped and talked for quite a while. And that's always great. And, uh, yeah, so it was a, a great, uh, a, a really good show. Uh, like they, they really had bumped up. The not just the not just the uh, artist alley and the create you know the number of creators there they had a lot more media guests too, and, and they I liked how they had it set up, so everybody kind of had their areas right and and you know you kind of went through the comic book area to get to the media guests all the way in the back but um, was was very very pleased because last year like I said was such an underwhelming experience right uh, that. I've gone to see Shannon and Chris G was up there. And so that yeah. was the whole thing to go. So anyway, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're actually next year it's Easter weekend and that's caused a lot of, uh, a, a lot of with a lot of folks. But, uh, anyway, yeah. So no, it was, uh, it was the fifth year for awesome. Con. I, I think it's their biggest year ever. Somebody told me, I think I heard close to 70 K. I don't know if I believe that or not. Um, that's a lot of K it was a lot, a lot, a <laughs> lot of people, and and they but they were very orderly and one of the funniest things i i have to say you know everybody obviously jumps on the uh uh collectibles bandwagon or you know what's the newest thing right so if it's a baby group piece or if it's deadpool or whatever yeah this year it was those damn fidget spinners
0: sure yeah oh yeah
3: the stanley the stanley area where you can buy stanley autographs not just go meet him but just go get them they were selling spinners at his collectibles booth (laughs) Not like they were Spider Man or right, you know, or anything. No, just plain old fidget spinners. And I actually heard somebody say, "Oh, look, they've got fidgets." It was unbelievable. So
2: <laughs> look forward to those being gone next year. Yeah, they are. They are. You know, what, what was the last? I mean, I'm gonna. It's an old reference, but they're they are like Furbies, right? They're just oh, yeah. whatever the latest thing is. Yep. That'd be something before fur, Like since Furbies, right? I gotta get a better reference
3: than that. <laughs> those, those, what were those those things last Christmas were those. uh dinosaur egg characters oh, or whatever yeah. and now and they people were paying triple and quadruple and now they're 20 bucks <laughs>
2: yeah. i could have at least said tickle me elmo and not furby <laughs> no i was like, i was for this i was on a pan- for this crowd you definitely on, want to say furby <laughs> i was not i was on a panel at this library show and i was talking about comics being made into movies and how it'll be nice if one day there's a point where comics are so beloved that then people ask like when's the movie coming out as opposed to wait that's a comic? The movie? <laughs> yeah. And the example I gave was The Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> that was that was the I mean, come on, that is I gotta get more uh, that's a twenty five
3: year old reference almost. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. I know. And then I followed it up with Would Harry Potter be better? And I'm like, no, that's still twenty years old. <laughs> but still <laughs> awesome, so
1: yeah but i just i gotta I gotta update my references is yeah. all I'm saying I understand I understand completely well i yeah. did I did not attend any conventions uh, to report however uh two things to report. One is when my parents were in town uh just recently, I did take them down to the Cleveland Public Library where they had a Superman through the through the year's display uh down there. Uh, for people that don't know, and much like you guys were saying for various things, uh, if you don't know this, shame on you, but Superman was created in Cleveland. Uh, and, uh, it's something that I'm very proud of and Cleveland should be very proud of. Uh, and they, uh, it's there through the summer, I believe. And it's a very nice display. Uh, I took lots of pictures. I actually do plan on releasing a video of that, uh, very soon. Uh but it was just everything Superman that you can imagine uh from the very beginning of Action Comics and they actually had like a uh touch screen glass where you could actually read all of action comics number one. Not just the Superman part, but the entire Action Comics number one. Now would you
2: access that action comics number one by throwing a crystal into the
1: glass? Uh you did not. <laughs> that would have been impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um but it was it was very cool there not a lot of interactive stuff but like but definitely like just some classic stuff there was some original art pages original art covers um you know behind the scenes i got to see the uh, george reeves uh costume which was not blue with a red cape it's actually gray with a brown cape um because they were filming in black and white it didn't need to be the colors of Superman. In order for it to work, they needed to find the tones that they were looking for. Sure. So, uh, so seeing things like that was really cool. Um, they had a lot of merchandise for you to see that, like, just stuff over the years. There was not stuff for you to buy, but there was just like stuff for you to see that that came out that was related to Superman over the decades and decades. Um, it was a pretty imple- impressive collection. Uh, so. Uh that was really enjoyable. And I found out that it was my parents' first time ever to the Cleveland Public Library. They had lived in Cleveland for sixty some years, uh, and they had never been to the Cleveland Public Library before. So uh Jeez Louise. Yeah, here I, I am.
2: Library convention. <laughs> right.
1: Uh and I will say it's a beautiful building. It's a um uh it's old classic marble and stone like we were saying there's no way a building like this could be made nowadays uh, without it costing billions of dollars to build it. So, um, But it, it was very impressive. There was a man there who uh, greeted you as you came in, and he had worked in the library system for 12 years. He was probably in his, I want to say, late 60s, early 70s, uh, and he was currently working on getting his Master's in Mythology. So uh, definitely a, a student throughout his entire life, which is very cool. So, um, And then I d- did get to play host to one of our co-hosts. Mr. Robert Atkins was on his way from uh, his home in Springfield, Illinois, uh, to uh, Massive Con. And he was going traveling with his entire family, so his, his two kids and his wife. And since he knew he was going to be passing through the Cleveland area, he... Uh, wondered if they could stop and spend the night here and, you know, get to see the house and, and the s- studio where we record and all that type of stuff. So uh, after a few delays that day because of some car issues he had, they did make it here. Uh, I will let him, the next time he's on, describe what he saw when he saw the setup in the room where I do the recording. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think he wasn't expecting as much in here as there was. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a lot of fun to be able to see him because as we mentioned last episode, he's not going to be able to be at Baltimore Con this year, so this was my one chance to be able to see him this year, uh, was ha- having him stop on his way to a convention. So uh, So that was very cool. Um, and unfortunately, I, I also wanted to let it uh, know, and I know some people know already, but uh, Shannon himself, unfortunately will not be at Baltimore Con this year. Uh, he has other engagements going on. So what started off as all five hosts were gonna be of Star Joe's were gonna be at Baltimore Con. Now there will be three. So uh, still more than half, so that's pretty awesome. So, are you gonna have a table? Is there gonna be a Star Joe's table? There will not be a Star Joe's table, but there will be a recording uh, happening Saturday night. Uh, if anyone's interested in attending that recording, you are more than welcome to come to the recording. Uh, and it'll be over at the Hyatt Regency. So, uh, we'll provide details as we get closer and closer to the time. So, but like I said, last time we actually had, uh, John, I don't know if you remember, was it like eight people or so that came and recorded with us? I think there was eight of us total maybe something like that eight or nine yeah so i mean if i mean love to have even more this time so uh it was a lot of fun probably one of the best episodes we ever put out <laughs> in my opinion because uh, we were just having a good time so um what time what time did you do that recording on saturday night uh i
2: think it was probably around eight or nine o'clock at night all right if i'm back from dinner and i can make it I'll be there because I awesome. think I'll be, I think I'll be at Baltimore comic con. Oh, that would yeah. be fantastic. Yes. Would but love, I, I, love I, to have you. I there. have not booked anything yet, so we shall see. Yes. Keep us posted. Cause
1: uh, if, if nothing else, I'll see you on the show floor. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, and I will say on a personal note, I, I, John knows that this has been going on for me, uh, but, and it's something positive, but, uh, People will actually see a little bit less of me at Baltimore Con this year because I've actually been working on losing weight. So, <laughs> so it's been a positive thing. I've actually lost 44 pounds. So, I have not been eating 13 donuts or anything like that. Um, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I am actually under a weight that I have not seen in more than 12 years. So, so it's actually been a very good thing. So, when people see me at Baltimore this year, they will see a Ryan that. Did not exist when the show started. So when we started doing the podcast, so, so. as
2: as a as a guy who has also in his life lost uh, forty plus pounds, good on you, my man.
1: Thank you. So You're welcome. All right. Well, you guys ready to talk some movies? Sure. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, so this was uh, nineteen eighty seven, and as we talked about before, we started doing the episode. Uh, I know Greg and myself had some difficulty coming up with our top five, and there's been some changes here and there. Uh, John, how was this easy for you, tough for you, or you know, it,
3: it's interesting. It was not very difficult because I, going back and looking at the list, there's certainly a lot of movies I recognize and things I saw, but I haven't seen most of them in. 20 years like I just it's not it, that the, the handful of movies that are on my list are things I continue to watch and enjoy but a lot of my songs like oh I liked it in 1990 but I haven't watched it since then so because it was, it was <laughs> no, really, di- there was just a lot there were a lot of them that are like oh I, I know that I know that oh that was cool but I can't I can't say I can't certainly can't put on my list because a lot of them I have not seen since they were out then not I
2: had a I had a similar experience which what's particularly interesting for me is a lot of the movies are movies I never I didn't see at the time I saw later in my life
1: mm-hmm. sure
2: like I saw them either on cable or on VHS or you know even later still so mm-hmm. it became this thing like wait am I thinking about a movie that I liked then am I thinking about the movie that is just a great movie across the the span of time so my list I feel like my list is uh a bit of a mess <laughs> And I feel like, I was like going through the list thinking, like, what are they going to pick, and how out of step am I going to be? I feel like my list might be a bit out of step, and I'm going to own it.
1: That's perfectly fine. I will say with my list, uh, I was around uh, 11, 12 years old when these movies came out. Uh, a lot of the ones on my list I saw in the theater, um, and if I did not see them in the theater, uh, these were movies, to your point, John, some of these the movies that were on my top five list were definitely movies I've, I've seen recently and have watched multiple times, but there was a lot of movies on just the list of movies that came out in 1987 that I watched a lot of these movies multiple, multiple times over and over again, uh, in my early teens and, and everything else. So, uh, I do, I don't have a, as long as of a honorable mention list as I've had in the past, but it's still not short honorable mention list, but that's because they are movies that I probably can say I've watched 25 times or more. So, um, but the ones that are in my top five are movies I have watched well beyond that. So, so, uh, just to throw out the, the general rules out there, uh, for those that are unfamiliar, maybe this is your first episode. Uh, we're gonna do uh, go in order five down to one, and uh, we do not mention if it's. So in other words, if I mention a something that's my number five, but it might be Greg's number three. Greg can certainly talk about the movie, but he won't reveal that it's his number three until we reach our number threes. So, um, so that's just kind of how that plays out. And then once we're done with all of our fives, we'll talk about any honorable mentions that we feel like talking about. And then usually after that, it's kind of a free-for-all for for about talking about any movie that was out in 87 that we wanted to talk about. So um, um, That's generally how these episodes work. (laughs) Alright, well, I always like to throw it to the guests to start us off. So, Greg, why don't you tell us your number five? Alright, my number five is... uh
2: was almost the number three and then I realized I was putting in the number three because it's it's a a veritable classic of the time it's a movie everybody loves it was a tough one These, the, the, the first two were so easy for me the next three were challenging as all get out so I also have a long list of honorable mentions but I put in my number five a movie that is imminently watchable anytime it's on at any point and that is the princess
0: bride hello my name is Inigo Montoya You killed my father. Prepare to
3: die. Nice. That's also my number five.
0: Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die.
2: Yeah! (laughs) Very cool. For the same reasons?
3: (laughs) Uh, It's one of those, like you said, it's imminently watchable, something the kids have seen and have come to appreciate in any movie where uh andre the giant talks about wanting a peanut is you can't not like it so he was absolutely delightful in that film but no it's 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 kind of funny it seems like it's had a bit of a resurgence or at least kind of back in people's minds now with the uh whole princess and queen and you know things with uh, robin oh, wright and right wonder woman it's kind of fun but yeah no i i as I was working on my list, I was like, oh, there's my number five. Yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you.
2: Yeah, it was one of those – like I almost – there are other movies that I have very specific – so I never saw The Princess Bride in the theater. Of the five movies in my top five, I only saw one of them in the theater. Okay. So Princess Bride was one I was late to, and it is great. And, uh, yeah, like there are other movies I saw in the theater. I'll mention those as, as honorable mentions. And they were just tough calls. There was some tough. There were some tough calls with these uh, these low
1: spots. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Absolutely, I, no, I totally agree. Yeah, Princess Bride. Uh, to your point, John, as far as it making a little bit of a resurgence, I actually saw in I think it was a month or two ago in the previews catalog they actually had the one of those adult coloring books. But it was, and this one was for the Princess Bride. So <laughs> I was like, I was, wow, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I absolutely love uh that movie. Uh so much, so many quotable lines, so many great actors in it. Um it was just very, very well done. So and I did see it in the movie theater. So um, there you go. um my number five, John since Princess Bride was was your number five. Um my number five uh is a movie that I think people are gonna be surprised at are not gonna be surprised it's on my list, but are gonna be surprised at how low it's on my list. Uh mm. and, and it's only because the other movies I love that are on my top five, I'd love so much more. Uh, but it is Spaceballs. Um, I, I think people knowing my love for Star Wars and how Star Wars is the end-all, be-all for me might be a little bit surprised to find Spaceballs so low on my list. But it certainly on, had to be on my list because of my love of Star Wars. I thought it was a brilliant movie. I Mel Brooks is hilarious uh, it was still during that time period where everything he put out I would need to see and would crack up and the the spoof I'm looking for they still keep saying that the sequel's coming so I'm still waiting for that to happen um, but I loved every bit of Spaceballs uh, just and the one thing I will say I've always been surprised about is I'm that they never made action figures of them I always thought action figures of Spaceballs characters just seems like a natural thing to do. <laughs> all right, quick question about Mel Brooks movies. Yes.
2: What what was the movie that you're like, all right, I think I'm done with Mel Brooks movies?
1: I will say Men in Tights came close. I still enjoyed Men in Tights, but after that I was kind of like, okay, I don't think I need to see any more Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 is fine.
2: I, I find that there are, it's, Mel Brooks is sort of uh, very generational, where yeah. depending on, because there are people that really dislike spaceballs, and there are people that really love spaceballs, and then there are people that really like Men in Tights, and there are people that really don't, and it's sort of depending on how old you are when these movies come out, I think really yeah. affects the uh, the lining on on that suit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to use a metaphor that makes no sense at all. Does in in is it those two movies that kind of draw the line in the sand for people? Then uh, no, I think I think
2: for for people our age, I think that's where like Men in Tights. I didn't think uh, was particularly special, and then Dracula, Dead and Loving is is straight up terrible. Yes,
1: that's horrible. So <laughs> um,
2: and and it's I mean then he did he just redid the producer, so I don't know even if that counts, but he sort of stopped making spoofs for a good while. Right kind of hasn't made one in in a good clip but
1: right yeah i was just curious yeah no and and that's why it's a little bit why i'm like okay i would love to see the you know the sequel that he keeps saying he's going to do and then uh but at the same time i'm kind of like uh do i really want to see that sequel (laughs) also at this point
2: uh a good chunk of the cast is no longer with us right (laughs) so i don't know i don't know if if that sequel is going to be what uh what you might want it to be,
1: or at least not. Act, one of them's just not acting anymore. So. Did, you, did you watch the Spaceballs cartoon? Yes, I did. I and did. did you enjoy it? Yeah, for what it was, yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> I don't think you want this sequel, man. I, I not to not to rain on your parade,
1: but <laughs> no. but but the the actual movie, I adore. I it, I think it is just a perfect uh, microcosm for its time. So sure,
2: I, I'm not revealing. Uh, where, if at all, is in my list. I'm just making conversation. I
1: understand. I understand. Yes. So, uh, well, Why don't you uh, go ahead and reveal what your number four is, then? All right. My number four is the one movie I saw in the theater,
2: and I saw it in the theater twice, once when it came out, and once again, I believe 20-odd years later, maybe 25 years later, at a uh, revival theater where they showed the movie, and then the director and some of the cast were there. And that is a movie called The Monster Squad. Love that movie. <laughs> that movie is uh, terrific. It is yeah. a movie that I loved it when I saw it as a kid. I happened to be in Los Angeles visiting friends, and I saw that at one of their revival theaters, they were doing a screening of it with the director and people from the cast doing a Q&A afterwards. And uh, Wolfman got nards. still gets <laughs> the laugh every time. It's amazing. Yes. Like, there were parts of that movie, I think I had not seen it since I was 12 years old, and then I'm in this theater again, and I probably was in my 30s, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, probably yeah. mid-30s, mid-to-late 30s, and I was just like, this movie still has the, has the juice. Like, it's yeah. still really, these kids are great. The monsters look cool. Yep. Uh, you know, the little girl is one of the most adorable kids in any movie ever. Yes.
1: Is she it's a like, version?
2: <laughs> it's like it's so good. It's like this movie's funny and and great, and uh, you know it's Goonies with monsters. It's kind of awesome.
1: That's exactly so, how I describe it to anyone. Anyone that tells me they like Goonies, I'm like, have you seen Monster Squad? And they're like, no. I'm like, you need to see Monster Squad. It's Goonies with the Universal monsters. That's what yeah, it is. it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. It it really it really it held up. And then you know then there was a Q
2: and A with the, the cast, and that was all very cool. And uh, yeah. On my list, it's the only movie I've
1: seen in theater, and I saw it twice in the theater, which I, I think is a neat bit of business. I did see it in the theater. It only made my honorable mention list. Uh, it was just like we were talking about before the show. It was one of those ones where it's like, it's in my top five. It's not in my top five. It's in my top five. It's not in my top five. <laughs> right. Um, I did buy, they came out with the uh, 25th anniversary edition DVD of it, so I did pick that up. So, um, and I have watched it many, many times. Absolutely love that movie. Awesome pick. So,
3: weren't they going to do a remake of that?
1: At one uh, time, yes.
3: It,
2: it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. yeah. But uh, John, your number four.
3: Uh, my number four is Spaceballs. Nice. Ah, interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I. Yeah, it's it's great. It's got. They're combing the desert. They got big, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is still awesome. <laughs> There's just so many funny bits in it, and, and it's interesting. I think, Gregory, you made a good point in terms of the divisiveness of those '80s era, you know, in the '90s era, Mel Brooks movies. Because this is probably the last one I enjoyed uh, with any with any real fervor. Uh, I will say, if you get a chance, for those of you who don't. Listen to podcasts. Go find anything Mel Brooks has been on. He is fascinating. He's 90, what, two, 93 years old and his stills are so sharp. And, and he's, I always enjoy listening to him, you know, talk and anytime, anytime he's on a podcast, I'll go find it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't really need a sequel. I think what they did was, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if they ever had made cereal, I would have probably bought that too. So space. And
2: I I will reveal now that Spaceballs is an honorable mention for me. Okay. It is a movie I loved when I saw it, and uh, I've not seen it as an adult, and I feel like uh, I might it might not live up to it. it might, I might watch it and then go, what was I thinking?
3: I was a dumb I will say, though, their theme song is pretty horrific.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're living in a bubble and you haven't got a kiss, Well, you're gonna be in trouble Cause we're gonna steal your ass Cause what you got is what we need And all we do is dirty.
2: I just again some of those jokes might be uh, now that I'm a I'm more of a comedy snob I
1: might go Ugh. yeah I don't know I,
2: Colonel, I, I, Colonel Sanders chicken come on man
1: <laughs> I think some of it still holds up pretty well the the I have to laugh every time with, with the line John just said which is like in the desert and he's like we ain't found shit like <laughs> gets me every time uh, the um, you know. We've been jammed. will crack me up. When will then be now? Soon. Uh, all those lines just still crack <laughs> yeah, I think, me up. <laughs> I, I
2: think the one line that might be my favorite is, uh, uh, no, I was not playing with my toys again.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think that's the one. That's the line I could point to and go, that one I think still holds up. Yeah. All the other ones are like puns and stuff, and I don't oh, think yeah. I have it in me to laugh at puns anymore. Yes.
1: I'm going an, to i a bitter old man. I, I also love the, uh, that's the kind of combination an idiot puts on his luggage. And, uh, sure. <laughs> so, um, no, that's, that's fantastic. Oh, and to your point, John, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to it, and, and I'm going to totally butcher the name of it, but it's uh, Mel Brooks talking with, I believe it's with Rob Reiner or, not Rob Reiner. Um, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner, thank you. And it's the interview with the thousand-year-old man. Uh, I mean, I've
2: mean, certainly heard the thousand-year-old man bits in the past. I mean, that's a, yeah. That's a classic. Yeah.
1: Uh, bit of business that those two guys did. Yeah, they did a they did one. I don't know how long ago it was. Is it was at least a decade old. But it was it was revisiting that, and it was a, it was a whole tape for those that remember tapes. It was a whole tape in and of itself. So, uh, and I remember listening to that and just absolutely loving every minute of it. So.
2: Yeah, those guys wrote for uh, Sid Caesar, my show, your show of shows. Like those guys have been
1: around for a very long time. Yep. Ever, yes, both. legends. So my number four, um, I saw in theaters, and uh, like I said, I saw all of my top five in, in the theater. Um, it's I will admit it. For a lot of people, it probably does not hold up very well today. It is very quintessential eighties. Uh, but I love it. It is probably my favorite vampire movie of all time, and that would be The Lost Boys.
0: The last fire will rise behind those eyes. Black house will rock. Blime, boys, don't- So
1: The music, uh, I love Keith or Sutherland in it. Uh, the Coreys, I have seen the sequels, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> was good? there was one sequel, and then they've oh. they, and uh, that yeah, it just wasn't good. Um, and uh, they've also done comics since then, which the comics are pretty decent. Uh, DC just recently did a comic miniseries, which was actually really good. Um, but yeah, I I just love it. Uh, the grandfather at the very end was is just makes the whole movie for me. When he's just like the thing I couldn't stand about <laughs> living here is all goddamn vampires. So
0: <laughs> Dad, are you alright? One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach. All the damn vampires.
1: It, it's just—it's cheesy. It's great. It—it it lives up to the lore of vampires, so they follow the rules of the vampires, which I actually love that they did that too. Um, there's comic books in the movie, uh, so that's always a plus. So, but yeah, I—I I love the Lost Boys and still do. So, I—I uh, don't—I don't think I've ever seen the
2: Lost Boys. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So w- it's it- not on my list at all. I've heard uh, great things. Yeah. Uh, I know it's supposed to be very good. I know everybody who's in it. Uh, I just... I don't... I'm pretty sure I've never seen it. And if I did see it, I don't remember it well enough. I know Kiefer Sutherland looks awesome as a vampire.
1: Yes. Yeah. I will tell you, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's worth seeing. But just keep in mind that it definitely came out in the 80s. <laughs> so. I imagine I won't forget that.
2: I mean, it's so good I'm magically transported and forget what era it's from, but I think just seeing Kiefer Sutherland at a, you know, Kiefer Sutherland and Diane Wheed at that age will yes. clue me in pretty quickly yes. to what era it's from. Yeah. Yes. So, um, all right, uh Greg, you're number 3. All right. This is where I might start spinning <laughs> spinning out of uh, the respect zone from anybody listening. Uh, but an appropriate segue, because we're talking about The Thousand-Year-Old Man. Uh, my number three is directed by Carl Reiner. For many years, I referred to this as my favorite bad movie. I no longer believe it is a bad movie. I think it is a great movie. If it is on, I will watch huge chunks of it. There are lines in it that are hilarious. There are sight gags that are amazing. That movie is called Summer School.
1: I Heck love yeah, summer school. <laughs>
2: it's, on, it's on my. It's on my uh, honorable mention. It is on mine with. as well. Yes. Summer school. I saw it. I don't even know when I saw it, but that movie has so much material in it. There's so many jokes. There's so many bits of business. It's freaking great. That movie is absurd in all the right ways. It's such a flimsy premise. It's it's Billy Madison esque in its flimsy premise. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and it just leans into it, and and it's it's it's
1: really very entertaining. And uh, Chainsaw and Dave forever. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. No, I, and like I said, the the movies that are on my honorable mention list are movies I've seen at least twenty, twenty five times or so. Uh, Summer School is definitely one that I saw a lot. So you do not lose any credibility in my book by having that on your list. So. Just when, just when the, the grandmother gives Iki in that banana, and he's surprised by it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> so good. Yeah, that movie is. Uh, if you've not seen it, uh, check it out. You'll see a lot of uh, a lot of young, uh, beautiful people being okay. silly.
1: I think that was my first movie ever I saw with Mark
2: Harmon in it. So, uh, it's definitely mine. Yeah. It's my first movie I think I saw with any of those people in it. Yeah, I guess I'd seen Kirstie Alley in Cheers. I suppose. Yeah. She
3: was a Fortress. Yeah.
2: yeah. But outside of that, I mean, that's the first time you ever see Courtney Thorne Smith. As far as I know, yeah. Um, but yeah, that movie uh, is—if it's on, I will watch it to see like where it is in the movie, and then watch you know, a good 10-15 minutes of it.
1: I, it's great. I think it was a fantastic pick. So good on Thanks.
2: you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just saying it's ranked pretty high.
1: There's a lot of movies that came out in '87. I understand. Um, yeah. We're not, we're not saying these are the best movies of 1987. We're just saying these are our personal favorites. I'm saying
2: it's the third best movie
1: of 1987. <laughs> I think you lost that credibility of that statement when you said it's your favorite bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I did
2: say that, and then I, I, that was when I was younger, and now I no longer think of it as a bad movie. Now my favorite bad movie
1: is Grease 2. Oh, I love Grease 2. Yeah, it's awful. It is, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, that's my favorite bad movie. I will say that when I was younger, I actually liked Grease 2 more than Grease 1. Uh, Grease 1's not a great movie either. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) So there's also that. Right. All right,
1: John, you're number three.
3: So interestingly enough, as I was looking at the list today and looking at uh, things, and I had Amazon Prime on and. Wow. So my number three was on there. So believe it or not, before we recorded, I actually sat down and for two hours uh, re-watched, rewatched the untouchables. Nice. And uh, holy cow, man. So this is like the first movie I can remember really paying attention. Like, un- like I didn't know who Brian De Palma was. You know, I was in high school. I didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. But I, I some of the cinematography in that movie is just so amazing. The whole thing with the baby and the train station yeah. and you know um uh, it, I, I, going back and watching the time like, armani was the costume designer mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what you know it's just such a stylized thing i can remember reading at the time you know de niro had gained weight to be capone he was great this movie is just it, it's so good and, and like i said visually it's so stunning and and i would argue that uh uh, Connery's death scene is one of the most boss things you'll ever see. <laughs> he takes, he takes, takes an entire clip from a Tommy gun and lives long enough to point out where the bad guys are going to be. I mean, great he is that, adjective you know, great adjective boss. Yeah, it was it was it, it it's yeah. I had not watched it in a while, and I, I've been thinking, it was like you know oh you know hey there it is, and I, I just I got so excited and I listened to that soundtrack. Uh, Morricone, wrote a lot of the Spaghetti Western stuff, wrote the soundtrack, and it's – oh, man, it's good. I just I, – I don't have it higher because I haven't watched it in a long time, and I haven't – but I knew I really liked it then, and I really enjoyed it tonight again. So, uh Elliot Ness and The Untouchables,
1: number three. That was on my honorable mention list, uh just the whole line that is still used today of Sean Connery saying, like he- – You know, he sends one of your guys to here, you send one of his to the morgue. You know, like that is still. Chicago way. Yeah. Want to get Capone? Here's how you
0: get him. He pulls a knife,
1: you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. Fantastic. Uh, My number three, uh, I. Again, I saw all my top fives in the movie theater. This one, I probably had no business seeing it in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when you hear what it is, you'll agree. I feel like I, feel like, I, feel like I can almost guess, but I'll wait. I'll wait. Keep in mind, I was around 11 years old. Uh, this is intense for an 11-year-old to see. Uh, it was Full Metal Jacket. Uh, that wow. would not be my guess. <laughs> that would not have been your guess? I, I thought you were going to go with Fatal Attraction. Oh, uh, okay. I, <laughs> didn't also see that. Yes, did not see that till later in life, but yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Full Metal Jacket, uh, I love this movie. I am not the biggest Kubrick fan, uh, but this one I absolutely adore. Uh, it is really almost two movies in one. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really You have the whole basic training stuff going on, and then you have the Vietnam stuff going on. Um, I love the character of Joker. I love the drill sergeant. Uh, and that R. Lee Ermey? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, I have an uncle who was in the military, and he uh, was in the Marines, and he was in Vietnam. uh, And he's... (laughs) I remember later on watching the movie with him and he said, that is exactly what a drill sergeant was like then. <laughs> so he said, they got that perfectly. So, um, it, it's an intense movie. It is very intense. It's very character driven. It is very well, uh, directed, very well shot. Um, like I said, it is essentially two movies in one. Um, but it's it, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal film, and I can watch it every time it's on. So, um, but so. At eleven is, years old, it was a little eye opening, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is another one I've not seen. Okay. Uh, but it is on is on Netflix, I think, and I I put it on my watch list. I just don't I don't know when I'm going to be in the mood to see it.
1: Yeah, it's it's one. Now it is one. I will say, like at least for me, it's one that once you see it, you're you're like, okay. That is a great movie, and you kind of want to see it again. Uh, but it, it definitely takes a certain mindset to watch it. It kind of reminds me, like, like I loved the movie Schindler's List. I saw it in the movie theater, but I don't know if I can ever sit down and watch Schindler's List again. Sure. Uh, so I, I was in tears watching it in the movie theater, but I and I own it, but I don't know if I could watch it again. Full Metal Jacket, I think, for some people, can be that type of movie where it's really good, but, man, you got to be in the right for most people, you've got to be in the right mood to watch it. Um, oh, sure. Ryan,
3: when you were 11, did you ask your parents what me love you long time meant? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
1: had a lot of friends that, spelled that explained that one to me. <laughs> nice. All right, Greg, you're, uh, you're number two. All
2: right, my number two I watched because I saw it was in an issue of Premier Magazine like the top 100 movies of all time. It was, it was ranked pretty high, top 25 or something. And I'm like, oh, I, I want to see what that movie is. And I got it on VHS tape from the rental place. I watched it and I actually sat through the credits. That's how much this movie, I was like, wow, I can't believe what I just saw. I loved it. I still love it. I recommend it to everybody, although not everybody likes it as much as I do. And that is a movie called Broadcast News. Oh, wow. Okay. Have you guys seen Broadcast News? I have not. Not,
3: sure. not Broadcast- in yourself i think that's one where it was almost uh, uh you know uh kind of a, a warning of what what you were gonna see down the road right in terms of where where news has really gone no you're thinking of network no no no, no. i'm talking about like where isn't that the one where William Hurt forces himself? Yes. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, That's true. Yes, it's that kind of okay. stuff with the whole. Yeah, I mean. I- so, so the yes, that's a big part of the movie. Is William Hurt plays the handsome uh, newscaster who kind of has no business being a newscaster? He's more about presentation. But the the actual core of the movie, like a lot of James L. Brooks movies, because he also did As Good as It Gets, uh, yep. and, and uh, Terms of Endearment, uh, which I saw after I saw Broadcast News, and I became a big fan of James Brooks out of that out of that movie. Um, it's more about a love triangle, a love triangle of Holly Hunter, who is the news producer, uh, William Hurt, the handsome newsman, and Albert Brooks, the, the researcher for the newscast. Uh, and it's incredibly well written, incredibly well acted, uh, maybe the, the most realistic uh, portrayal of, of that kind of dynamic of like the girl and her good friend who's in love with her and then the handsome guy that shows up. And, uh, it's, it's really good. And, uh, yeah, a beautiful ending, just, just super well done.
1: And, uh, yeah, I love broadcast news. Well, I wrote it down because one thing I've learned with doing these episodes is that if there's a movie that someone mentions on their list that they like that much, uh, and I have not seen it, then I need to make a point to see it. So, uh, um, and I love Albert Brooks, so I'll, I'll definitely check that out. So.
2: Albert Brooks is awesome he's, he's different he's a different Albert Brooks than the than like his movies Albert Brooks sure but he's still Albert Brooks and it's still yeah it's really good again uh, people I know have watched it based on my recommendation and thought I was crazy <laughs> so maybe I just have a very particular uh, liking for this movie but
1: yeah I'm a, I'm a fan very nice John uh, you're number two so both of my, it's
3: kind of interesting as I was going looking at this, at these things, both of my top two, uh, these 1987, these were the original films that generated sequels. And, uh, I think you started really seeing more of those kind of during this time, but, um, this one is certainly of late eighties. It feels like it. It looks like it. It's incredibly gory. Some of the deaths are unbelievable. <laughs> But it's RoboCop.
1: Nice. Yeah. And
3: I, 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 when I was in high school, I was in the marching band. Many of you know, heard the stories before. But we would go on trips. We'd stay in hotel rooms, and I can remember watching RoboCop. You know, probably in early 1988. You know, you know, in a hotel room, and just being so blown away by literally, you know, by everything going on and the visual and. It just oh man and and i will say just lately i have watch, gone back and rewatched two and three which um the esteemed frank miller was part of yeah those are bad yeah they're just movies. and i've even seen a couple of the tv movies i've i am uh, tried they're all on amazon prime right now i want to go back and watch all of them because i haven't seen all there's four uh I, I don't know if they were made in canada or what but they did four television movies years ago um and, uh, anyway, but yeah, and, and even the new one that came out in 2014, it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's the first one, but again, it didn't, it, that first one is so of the time. It yes. just, you see it and it looks and it sounds and oh, it just screams 1980, even though it's supposed to be in 2020 <laughs> or whatever. but it just, it feels like it's, it's just a great 80s they call it a cyberpunk action film. I don't know what in the world that means. <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop is great, and Peter Weller is great. For crying out loud, you know he's Booker Banzai, and then he was RoboCop.
2: So, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it, it's one of my honorable mentions. I actually, recently rewatched it because it was on, I think, Amazon Prime, and uh, it's it's very good. It was interesting to me that RoboCop doesn't show up for 45 minutes of that movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, and yet it's still pretty engaging before RoboCop shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only reason I, yeah, you know, it was it was almost going to be on my list because it's such a classic of the era. But in terms of movies I'd want to rewatch or that sort of left that mark in my brain, RoboCop got honorable mention status. I'm sorry, John. That's okay.
1: <laughs> it's honorable mention for me as well, but I love the movie. Like you said, as a sign of of the time, and uh, it's a smarter movie than, movie than people give it credit for. There's a lot of people that just see it as this. You know, ultra-violent movie, but there was a lot of thought behind what they were doing and why they were doing it, and, and all that type of stuff. It, it was meant to be a movie of its time. It's um, Paul
2: Verhoeven, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's it's uh my favorite Paul Verhoeven
1: movie <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But I mean, they they played in that movie uh, politics. They played into uh, the extremes that were happening at the time. Uh, a lot of things are played into that. And then uh, because of that movie, when the, when the show, that 70s show came out, I just couldn't see right. red, <laughs> red the same way.
2: <laughs> also, fascinatingly enough, it spun a – that had a toy line and an 80s cartoon, which is just baffling. Oh, yes. <laughs> How? How did that happen? <laughs> no, so and, strange. and Marvel did a comic too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, I believe so I believe it was in the star line of comics too. The it, kid just—it was,
3: oh, was before I think it got picked up, and they did like RoboCop, Predator, at Dark Horse. But I think yeah. I yeah, almost yeah. Marvel. Marvel did a RoboCop comic.
2: Yeah, I think it was based on that cartoon. If I think it was all connected to the, the cartoon of the toy line, like a, you know, in those days, everything would just get
1: extrapolated, yeah. right? And I want to say, big. uh, Dark Horse definitely had the rights for a while, and I want to say Dynamite has the rights now, uh, because Dynamite uh, definitely. Put, yeah, Dynamite put something out not that long ago with Robocop, so. Um, but yeah, it was. It was an intense movie, but it was a great one. Um, movie. Yeah. Well, my number two has already been mentioned, uh, but I absolutely love it. Like I said, uh,. Again, I think when we were talking before the, the show started, uh, my number one, number two were easy for me to pick. Um, so uh, my number two was The Princess Bride. Hello.
0: My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die.
1: Um, sure. I adore The Princess Bride. Uh, my friends and I quoted it throughout college. Uh, in fact, whenever we're, we see each other, and get together and then we're leaving the line that everyone says is have fun storming the castle. So, uh, the, it's, uh, you know, I mean, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. prepared to die. Like I write that anytime someone gives you one of those little stickers that says, hello, um, <laughs> to identify right. who you are. <laughs> um, uh, it, It's just so well told. Uh, You know, it's first exposure to Fred Savage, who then I loved later in the Wonder Years. Um, You know, just uh, Carrie Elwes, that was my first exposure to him. Um, Before he blew your mind in Twister? Right. (laughs) No. (laughs) But... uh, but it's, it's just such a well-told story and it takes place in this fantasy world and, uh, the, you know, there's so many great moments, the, you know, the, the switching of the, the poison cup and everything else and, uh, like it's just the sword fight. I mean, I love that someone not that long ago did a, a, a video where they turned that's the sword fight battle into uh, lightsabers. That was awesome for me as a Star Wars fan to take one of my other favorite movies was Star Wars and put it together. So um, yeah, I just I I can watch Princess Bride over and over and over again uh, in the same day. It doesn't matter. I I can go right from watching it to watching it again. So
2: <laughs> is there is there a
1: part of the Princess
2: Bride that for you is like this is the time to bathroom if you can't pause it? What's the part that you would you would actually
1: step away from the movie? You know, when I would step away from the movie is even though I love the moments with the grandpa and the grandson, that's the moments I can kind of step away uh, a bit. Mm. So, cause I want to, I want to actually be in the world. Um, right. And, and I would also say maybe the, uh, the one part in the world is maybe the, the torture scene. Uh, because it's, oh, interesting. It's just cause it's a little slower moving part. Like, it's interesting, but. Yeah. That guy do the guy doing the torturing is fa- it, like fascinates me. Oh, he's yeah, he's engrossing <laughs> for sure, but yeah. it, it seems like it goes a little too long that part of it. So I don't know. All right, no, that that's
2: perfectly fair. Yeah. I, I was just curious. Sure. All right, uh, Greg, you're number one. All right, my number one. Uh, I I can literally remember seeing this movie for the first time on my TV in the living room. I think it was on HBO or something. And the, the that music, the opening music, is so good. With, like, the light tones and then the b- the bass kicks in. And that movie is The Untouchables. Nice. nice. It is super great. I actually recently rewatched watched it because my friends Chris Jeruso and Jacob Shabbat had never seen it. And I said, well, we need to watch it. And a little part <laughs> of me was like, does it hold up? Does it hold up? Because there have been so many mobster movies since. There are so many movies about the mafia and the mob and all this stuff. And, uh, the untouchables is still so good. The story is clean. It does it all. It doesn't get too deep into anything that, you know, yes, Goodfellas is great, but Goodfellas is really like a, like a deep dive. Whereas the untouchables is, is almost comic booky. They all have their little superpowers. They all have this thing. Yep. Oh, I love it so much. The music is unbelievable. And, uh, the guy in the white suit is great. Billy and, Drago. Yes. right. And yeah. uh, when I was in college, I actually transcribed the entirety of Robert Nero's speech about baseball and enthusiasms, <laughs> And I had the entire thing memorized. I never needed to use it, but I just wanted to memorize it because uh, it was so – It's oh, I love it. The Untouchables. When I saw it, it was on the list. I'm like, well, there's number one. That's That was easy. <laughs> uh, do you, and, do you, and, you want uh, to recite it now or – I don't even know if I could do it now. I know it, with, uh, it starts with enthusiasms. enthusiasms. What are mine? What are the draws my admiration? What is it that brings me joy? Baseball. That's the opening. It's a man stands. And I can't remember if it starts on the field. I think it starts a man stands on the plate. It's time for what? Individual achievement. A man stands. Like, then it's like part of a team. And the big fat guy at the table is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork. <laughs> and they just takes him out. It's like, oh,
0: snap! A man become preeminent. He is expected to have enthusiasms, enthusiasms, enthusiasms. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Dance music. Oh Baseball. <laughs> a man. A man stands alone at a plate. This is the time for what? For individual achievement. There he stands alone. But in the field, what? Part of a team. Teamwork. 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 Looks, throws, catches, hustles. Part of one big team. Bats himself to live long day. Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and so on. <laughs> his team don't field. What is he? <laughs> Nice. You follow me? No one. Sunny Day stands up full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. <laughs> but I get nowhere unless the team wins. Team. Yeah, team. Team. The team. The team. The team.
2: Scarface is not messing around. Yeah. Oh, it's so good! Oh, the blood, like this, that blood pooling oh, away. Yeah. Beautiful, that classic. The Palma pan up, and just yeah. like you, the scene is laid out in front of you. Yeah, and just and then there's little bits. You know, Kevin Costner is awesome. Let's do some good, and they all start making fun of him. And uh, anytime I take a picture around a round table, I just want to do like they all get all proper and set up in that photo they take with the cigars. <laughs> yeah, that movie is great. I love it. So, yeah, and I even remember before I saw it when I was a a kid, I remember my cousin talking about it, like overhearing a conversation about the scene where uh, Connery picks up the dead body and, like, psychs everybody out. Yeah. Like, just hearing that described, I'm like, oh, this movie sounds awesome. Uh, So when I finally saw it, it was just like, ah, I love it. It's great. The Untouchables. And if you've never seen The Gangster Squad, it's Untouchables-esque. And uh, it's better than people uh, gave it credit. Nice. You guys know oh. the Gangster Squad? Oh, yeah. What, was that Ryan Gosling? Yes. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, Josh Brolin, Sean Penn. Uh, it's pretty much the Untouchables in, like, the 50s. Huh. Basically. With with more of a love interest thing because Emma Stone is in it. But, it's, it's yeah, it's the Untouchables in California in, this, in the 50s. And it's pretty good. It's stylized in a similar way. Um. Yeah. So, there you go. A little extra bonus uh, 2010s uh, dippage. Nice. nice. Yeah. So that's my number one, the untouchables. Awesome. Excellent. I'm glad to hear, have it on your list, John. That's why we're pals.
1: <laughs> Great film. <laughs> All right, John, you're number
3: one. So, any in, anybody that knows me will probably not be real surprised by this. I, I mentioned it's uh, the original that, that spawned some sequels. Uh, Get to the chopper. I want similar to my 1985 film Commando, the greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever made. This is up there. Um, It's awesome. And it's Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and Bill Duke and Jesse Ventura carrying chain guns and big guns and blowing whole jungles apart looking for this crazy, ugly hunter alien dude and oh man it's so awesome <laughs> or, or
1: as the oh. movie puts it you are one ugly mother <laughs> you
3: know, no, I, I just i remember you know it's it I, I love the con i love the idea of uh you know hey this there, there's this thing and it's just it's hunting us for sport and yeah. and and oh it's just so great it's so freaking awesome and of course most of the people eat it before the end and <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is, you know, how it goes. But Predator is awesome. Predator 2 is great. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen Predators. I never, just never saw it. You know, but then they crossed over with the Alien franchise and did a couple films with them. But, yeah, man, Schwarzenegger is Dutch, just uh you know, fighting that thing and putting mud on his body so it can't see him, which I understand is not actually realistic. That would have never the, – the mud wouldn't do anything for your – The ultraviolet, or (laughs) so was it to cool? It was to cool them down, right? So
2: the temperature wouldn't be red. Yeah,
3: apparently that would not really work from some scientist thing I was reading in the last year or so, which is like
2: scientists to ruin a movie. Thanks, science,
3: (laughs) because you know, uh, Daniel is my action film, uh, he's he's my partner in crime now when it comes to watching these. And so we watched Predator, I don't know, three or four months ago, and he was just dying. You, You know, of course, Carl Weather gets his arm blown off. Yeah, but the funny thing about that is they use that in Arrested Development when they right. talk Carl Weathers being uh uh, uh being the, the acting coach. So he already knew it was going to happen, but he was still as howling, you know, when he got his arm blown off. He just thought that <laughs> was like, his whole arm. Co- and the machine gun still firing. I mean, oh, people listen to this show mm-hmm. know how crazy this movie is. I don't need to say anything
2: else. So yeah, yeah I have a I have friends who are obsessed with the handshake between Carl Weathers and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and they like, come together, just like grip super hard, and they're both flexing out in full flexitude. So yeah, that's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. I I, I would do well to, to see it again because uh, the predator is freaky looking. He's got that clickety clickety sound, and and it, it it has
3: been on. I know it's been on Amazon. That's where we watched it. Uh, it's also I think the first or one of the earliest appearances ever of Shane Black. As an actor. And you know, oh, wow. it, Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's interesting. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he's the one that tells the dirty jokes.
0: Yeah. The other day I went up to my girlfriend. I said, you know, I'd like a little pussy. She said, Me too! Mine's as big as a house! See, she, she wanted a little one oh, because hers was...
3: He saw Mary coming and he Look at the house. Yeah. But yeah, Shane Black, you know, he's he's yeah, he's yeah, only in it for, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. He pretty quickly, but yeah, I think it's the first thing I can... I, that may be the only thing I ever saw him in, but anyway, it's uh, It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I will say, I will say, uh, Predator was on my honorable mention list. That, along with Monster Squad, was very tough for me not to have in my top five because anyone that's listened to the show long enough knows I love the Alien franchise. I love the Predator franchise. Uh, I also love Predator 2. Uh, it's a very different movie from Predator 1, but I, I still loved it. Um, Predator versus Alien, those two movies are movies I enjoy, but I n- know that they're bad movies but I still enjoy them. Um, predators is actually a pretty good movie. Uh, I saw that in the movie theater and, and own it and have watched it a few times since. And it, it, actually has done pretty well. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a tough one to not have on my top five list, but, uh, I agree with you, John, it's, it's phenomenal. There's some great lines, you know, get to the choppa. Uh <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just just there's so much great in that movie. It's just
3: uh yes, Ventura used one of his lines as a as his book title for crying out loud. Yeah, so you know, Yeah,
1: yeah. Ain't got worked. time to bleed, yeah. So Well, my number one, I'm actually surprised no one else had it on anywhere on their list. Uh but again anyone that knows me probably won't be surprised, and there's really only one way to introduce my number one. And that is by saying, good morning, Vietnam! So Interesting. <laughs> I am a big Robin Williams fan. Uh, That's and- a double Vietnam. You got double Vietnams on your list. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You're going
0: dub the V. That's something. Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me. Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late.
1: When Robin Williams passed away, we talked about it on the show here because it, it, that was a big thing for me. Um, I grew up. Watching Mork and Mindy, I grew up watching all of his movies. Uh, this movie is my favorite Robin Williams movie of all of his movies. Um, wow! Yeah, this to me, you get his comedy, you get his uh, dramatic acting. Um, you, it's just, and there's, and I know that there was so much improvisation going on, so you get his improv too. That, that all, all in this one movie, that is, in my opinion, just such a well-told story such a, uh, you, know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I can watch this movie from any point in it and enjoy it. It's got Forrest Whitaker in it who plays just a, a really great quirky character. Um, just the opposition he goes up against in, in, you know, them, you know, him being loved by the troops, but you know, the bureaucracy wanting him to not be there anymore. Um, and then he just can't take it anymore. He snaps. Like you see a character break down. Uh, and, uh, it, it's great. And then the music, I mean, come on. It's, it's awesome music. So, um, and I actually have the soundtrack of, uh, on CD. And it's like you get the classic songs from that era, but then you also, in between the songs, you get him doing his radio show. So. Um, but, yeah, I, I could watch Good Morning Vietnam over, again, over and over again. There was When I saw it in the list of coming out in 87, there was no question that it was my number one. Uh, wow. Fascinating. It might be the first time that any listener will be surprised at what my number one is or not be able to guess what my number one was. Uh, cause in,
2: I, I am surprised only because I went through the list and I'm like, one of these guys is going to pick Evil Dead 2, one <laughs> of these guys is going to pick The Weapon, <laughs> none of those have come up no that's why i thought I was going to be so like off the chart because i wasn't picking those movies i didn't have robocop i didn't have uh predator i didn't have running man like i thought those were that's what was (laughs) going to happen
1: i'm surprised across the board i will say some of those are on my honorable mention list of course but (laughs) (laughs) all right fair enough Um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, anyone that maybe listened to the show long enough would know my love for Robin Williams. But uh, and I actually did get to see him do stand up. Uh, he when he did a tour, his his last stand up tour that he did, uh, he came to the Cleveland area and I got to take my dad to that, which was amazing uh, because my dad is the reason that I watched stand up comedians growing up. That was our bond together and so I got to take my dad to go see Robin Williams, which was awesome. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, so it was... And like I said, to me, this movie has every aspect of Robin Williams in one movie, which is not easy to pull off.
2: Fair enough. Nice job, fellas.
1: Alright, so, John, I am going to guess, because Greg already tipped his hand and said he has a long honorable mention list, I am going to guess that as usual you probably don't have a very long honorable mention list i don't i have two okay go ahead and mention them then
3: <laughs> One of them we already discussed which was summer school and for me it's because it's class courtney thorn smith but um <laughs> the other one which i was kind of waiting for you to say was your number one at least when you said i can only say it by saying one thing i thought you were going to say i'm too old for this shit i had lethal weapon <laughs>
2: I was, I was waiting for Le- – I thought Lethal Weapon might have been yours, John, because you kept talking about the first of a series. That's what yeah. I thought too. I thought the same thing. You know, I haven't
3: watched it in a long time. It's a great it's a great movie. It's not one I, I revisit a lot, right. uh, not like the other ones. Uh, it's good. But like I said, when you got ready to say, I got one thing there, I can only yeah, say yeah. one. <laughs> he's going to say, and I can't wait. And you didn't. So yeah. like I said, it was a, a fun list. but uh, and, and again, I, I'm – sure i i'm looking forward to hearing what you guys uh, other things you mentioned one that i i should just say i don't know we've talked about it before gi joe the movie um is i'm not going to say it's honorable mention but it came out that year yeah. and i guess we should mention it so
2: yeah but it didn't that didn't have a theatrical release right it was just like on yeah, tv, it was on TV oh, yeah
3: listed on something i was looking at as being released that year so i said i thought i'd throw it out there
2: yeah and there
1: and there is a movie also related to the show that did have a theatrical release which was the masters of the universe movie so
2: that movie is
1: awful if yes. it's on your if it's on your
2: honorable mention list you are wrong
1: no no it's not <laughs> but uh we did do a movie commentary episode where we watched the movie and Talked with very mystery science theater three thousand style and talked about it as we were watching it. So. it I
0: saw
1: that. That is that is. I saw that when I was twelve, and I'm like, this blows. Yeah. Now I will say uh, Frank Langella, who plays uh, Skeletor, actually did a good job as Skeletor. But that's about the only thing I thought was good in that movie. <laughs> so. All right, Courtney Cox is in it. That's good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, so if- I will say, John, Lethal Weapon was on my honorable mention list, but I, I will also say that I like Lethal Weapon 2 more than I like Lethal Weapon 1. So,
2: Is that um, the one that's
1: Diplomatic Immunity? Yes, yes.
3: Yeah, I like that one too.
2: Yeah. yeah I don't even know them well enough to know the, the differences. I know at some point uh, uh, what's his name shows up? Joe, Joe Pesci. Shows up. Joe he, Pesci. Shows, yeah.
3: he shows
1: up in 2. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Shows up in two. Jet Leaf shows up in the 4th one, right?
1: Yes.
0: Yes,
2: yeah. and Chris and Chris Rock is in the third one.
1: Chris Rock's in the fourth one also, and okay. then it's um, what's her
2: when name? When does when does Rene Russo show up? She's in the third one. Okay, yes. got it. And does he does he pop his shoulder in every movie?
1: <laughs> Pretty close to it, yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: I remember that. Uh, so I'll throw out a couple. I have eight, seven honorable mentions. Okay, okay hold on. One, nope. two, three, four. I think seven. Um, well, I've already said Spaceballs and Robocop, so that's not part of the seven. Right. Uh, the first two I'll do is a double bill okay. because uh, these were really one of these was really hard to leave off because when I think of the 1980s, I cannot not think of the star of my favorite movie, 1985, and yours, Ryan, Back to the Future. Yeah. Michael J. Fox had two movies in 1987.
0: Yeah.
2: I saw them both in the theater. Uh, Secret of My Success is great, yeah. and I feel bad that it's not on my top five. Uh, and then a movie I saw that I don't think I was prepared to, for at that age, uh, being such a fan of Michael J. Fox, Light of Day. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. With Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett. I don't even remember being very good. I know they steal stakes at some point, but uh, I just I had to put it in there out of respect for Michael J. Fox, <laughs> champion of the 1980s. <laughs> nice. Um do we want to bounce back and forth with the honorable mention? Should I go through my whole list?
1: Go right ahead through your list because I'm willing to bet I have a few on my list that are not in anyone's list. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, I threw Raising Arizona on mine just because Coen Brothers are, are great and Raising Arizona has some incredible stuff in it. I will um, say that that was also on my honorable mention list, especially because it is one of my wife's favorite comedies. So
2: it's a, It really is uh, pretty great. It's not my yeah. favorite uh, Coen Brothers movie, but it is really good. Yeah. Um, So there's that. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting is amazing. Uh, It's very funny. I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking it was amazing. I still think it's probably pretty good, though I have not watched it in a long time. Uh, As a fan of stand-up comedy, when I was 12 years old and I saw this on on TV, Eddie Murphy Raw, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I'm sure there are parts of it that are awful. But at the time... I freaking loved it. There's a lot that still holds up. I will Uh, say that. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure there's a lot that's like, ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. In in the light of day, to use a title from, see what I did? (laughs) Uh, And then the the then there's two more. One uh one is uh it's not even a movie I particularly like, but I like what it resulted in. So the movie Moonstruck is a good movie. Uh huh. But it is on my list because were it not for Moonstruck, we would not have what would be My top movie of 1990, Joe vs. the Volcano. Oh, Uh, Moonstruck was such a success that the writer of Moonstruck, John Patrick Shanley, was given the keys to the kingdom to write and direct his own movie. And he wrote and directed Joe vs. the Volcano, starring Tom Hanks, I believe, coming off of Big, and Meg Ryan coming off of When Harry Met Sally. So a lot of expectations for that movie. And uh, it was a huge bomb at the box office, but I love it. I saw it in college. I'm like, I can't believe I waited so long to see this movie. I love this movie. Uh, And to that end, the last honorable mention is a movie I've never seen, but I feel like I need to see it because clips I've seen, I think this movie I will like, and that movie is Ishtar, which everyone says is awful, but I think it'll be right up my alley.
1: (laughs) I have never seen it either, so I I don't know what to tell you
2: oh it has an awful reputation it's supposed to be one of the worst movies of all time I, <laughs> but I have friends that are actually huge fans
3: of that film I haven't seen it in a long time I don't I mean it was it was fine it, I think it's like a lot of things it wasn't as bad as people said it was but I've got a couple friends in particular that absolutely adore it
2: I saw one clip it's it's Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty and they're like jingle writers and they're writing these songs and it's, it started making me laugh so I'm like I need to see that movie straight <laughs> through at some point can't be as bad as everybody says it is it can't be
1: so Those are my honorable mentions. Very nice. Well, I will say the only movie you mentioned in your honorable mention list that was in my honorable mention list was Raising Arizona. So, uh, so I've still got quite a few to mention here. So I feel like I feel like I want to just start guessing what your list is. <laughs> I guarantee there's a few that you will not be able to guess. <laughs> I feel like I want to. I'm hoping the Disorderlies is on your list. Uh, it almost was on my honorable mention list because. <laughs> Uh, I that was my era of rap with run DMC the fat boys all you know all of that stuff so that's that's when I like rap so (laughs) um all right let's hear what you got all right so I've got uh one that was mentioned but not mentioned on your honorable mention list uh but you thought it would be showing up on our lists here was uh the running man Uh, all right I I love that movie it is cheesy to the nines uh it certainly does not live up to the par of a of the Schwarzenegger Predator movie, but it, but I still like loved watching it. I have not watched it recently, so I don't know how well it would hold up. But uh, I'm actually kind of surprised we don't have any game shows that are like this right now. <laughs> That's the one with Richard Dawson, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Yep. Uh, a movie that I absolutely love, and again, it's a movie like I mentioned with Lethal Weapon that I like Lethal Weapon two better. This is a movie where I love the first one, but I actually like uh, the second one better, and that's Beverly Hills Cop 2. Ah. I, I actually like the second one better, but I still love the first one. Uh, so that was an honorable mention for me. Uh, definitely a family friendly movie, but I did remember loving it. I have not, and I watched it many times as a kid, but I, don't, I have not seen it recently, and that's Batteries Not Included. I thought you were going to see the brave little toaster. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I liked Batteries Not Included because I was a builder as a kid. I loved Legos. I loved constructs. I loved uh, uh, Lincoln Logs. Anything that you could build with, I loved doing in that. Capsella? Was... How about Capsella? Oh, yeah. I had Capsella. I had ro- uh, robotics. Uh, all that stuff. So. Um, what about Legos? You have Legos? I have a ton of Legos. I have a ton of Legos now. So. Yeah. I will have to send you a couple pictures of things I have that are Legos now. So, <laughs> I, I believe you. Lego is me being a,
2: do- a doofus.
1: Everybody had Legos. I have the Lego Death Star sitting right near me right oh, now. Oh jeez, well, Man. oh no, now you're intense. That's too much. Yeah. I can't handle it. And I got the Ghostbusters Firehouse behind me right now, so in Lego form. So, um, but yeah. So, and Barry's not included. It was you know these aliens? They came down. And they built their, rebuilt their bodies and stuff like that. So it was it was cool to me um on the flip side of batteries not included uh the gate what What is the gate what is yeah the gate so the gate is (laughs) okay take 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 the goonies (laughs) okay throw in monster squad but make it a real horror movie (laughs) basically what is these kids find this book and it some it opens up a demon portal and it, it opens the gate to hell is what it does and uh, it's got some very dated special effects but it's a creepy movie but the kids are very they're very much in the style of like the Goonies type kids and everything else so uh, and they have to close the gate to hell so um, never even heard of it yeah I, I watched it many times as a kid Uh I watched the TV version multiple times and then I went to like a blockbuster and actually rented the movie and got to see the full thing and it's, like I said, watching it now, I have not seen it now. Uh, I'm sure this, I know even back then special effects looked a little not on par so I can only imagine what it looks like now, but it was a movie I really, really enjoyed and it was, it was a definite horror movie so, um. Apparently Steven Dorff was in it. Yeah. Along the lines of my love for for Sylvester Stallone cheesy movies like Cobra, uh, I have to mention Over the Top, uh, (laughs) because I watched it many, many times. Uh, I love the whole idea of him turning his hat around backwards, and that's like flipping a switch. Uh, I also have a fond memory of watching this movie with my mom at home, and she had never seen it. And at the and my mom gets completely engrossed into a movie. So at the very end scene when he's like in the final arm wrestling moments, my mom is sitting there making the same arm wrestling movements as if she's in the middle of an arm wrestling match. And it's like, come on, you gotta win it for your son. And I'm like, mom, he's Sylvester Stallone. He's going to win. I hate to spoil the ending for you, but he's going to win. Hey, mind? Hey, did you ever end up watching that Canon Films movie? No,
2: no. Okay. It's really uh, good.
3: You see it, Greg? So yeah, that, when you talking about that, then they're like, What what were we thinking? Making an arm wrestling movie <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, it's that? thirty seconds. That, that movie is so good. <laughs> you yeah. gotta watch watch that's that's when they, they talk about how much they paid Stallone and they're like, We made a we made an arm wrestling movie, what <laughs> were we thinking?
2: <laughs> yeah, that documentary is great. Those two
1: brothers are absurd people. <laughs> um i've got two more left on my honorable mention list uh one is mannequin uh oh god
2: see that <laughs> i thought about that one then like nope they gave us that awful awful song they don't get to they don't get <laughs> to be talked about contros, sorry. but it's such a perfect 80s song <laughs> oh we built this city stinks <laughs> no it's nothing's gonna stop us that's yeah but also we, yeah, we built this city was on that soundtrack too. Oh, like yeah. Like they're yeah. both just like, oh, the music in that movie.
0: <laughs> Did you
2: have that on vinyl, Greg? No, my my uh my stepbrother loved we built this city, so anytime we'd be in the car with him it would play. I was like, Oh, this song stinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing gonna stop us now isn't 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 much better, but if I had to choose between the two, I'd listen to <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> Gonna Stop Us Now First. <laughs>
1: um so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot, and I know I watched it a lot. Again, it's a movie I've not seen in recent times. I don't know how well it holds up, but, um, the last- yeah, I don't know if it does. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I just, I, I'm not sure. The last movie, uh, much like you were saying earlier, Greg, I think this one will, uh, definitely make you guys look at me the completely the wrong way. Uh, I think I'll lose a lot of credibility with this one, even just being on an honorable mention list, but, uh, that movie is, uh, Walk Like a Man. Interesting. What? <laughs> oh, that's a
0: great reaction. Uh,
1: what?
2: I don't remember that either. What, where are the, what, what, how that's, that's, that is a, let me see. Howie Mandel. <laughs> Howie Mandel.
0: Oh, like, I, wild
2: I, 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 him up the VHS box for that. Yeah, yeah. He plays a wild child who then has okay. to
1: incorporate to society. He, yeah, he, he was, he was lost by his parents who were very wealthy. Uh, everyone is blowing away the fortune that was left after dad passed away, uh, which includes Christopher Lloyd. Uh, and, uh, all, and there's a certain point where if his son isn't found, then they get to inherit all the money that would have been his and it'll bring new fortune to these people that have squandered their inheritance away. Well, of course he gets found and, uh, is brought back to the family, but he's a wolf child so, uh, he has to learn how to speak and how to act in society and everything else. And, uh, I. Tarzan. Yeah. I love Holly Mandel. He cracks me up as a comedian. So, it was, uh, a movie I watched many times. Uh, and, uh, the part that still cracks me up is when he wants to take, take Teddy Ruxpin home. Uh, cause Teddy Ruxpin starts talking to him in the toy store and he thinks it's something talking to him. So, he. It's like, will you be my friend? And he says yes, and he grabs it and takes it away. So, um, essentially, shoplifting. So, <laughs> uh, there you go. Walk so, like a man. Walk like a man. It's a good one to end on. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly one to end on. Um, but there was a lot of movies. Like there was so many I wanted to just put on an honorable mention list because I remember watching them. A lot of these movies multiple times. So.
2: Sure. I mean, I have a very specific like. It wasn't on my list, but Fatal Attraction. I saw that on on VHS or cable, and my older brother had already seen it. So I'm sitting there watching this movie, and he would come and go out of the room. Have you got you guys seen Fatal Attraction? Yes. Not for a long time, but I did see it. Well, the, this this I don't think this will spoil anything. Specifically, time that he came back into the room near the end of the movie, when uh, Alex is dead in the bathtub. Okay. Right when she comes up out of the bathtub, he like put his hand on my chest,
1: uh-huh.
2: like he timed it perfectly to <laughs> especially freak me out. So that is that is my memory of Fatal Attraction. Otherwise, uh, that movie is not anything I'd put on my list. It's
1: fine, but
2: yeah. yeah, no, there were a lot of movies on. There were a lot of movies came out in '87.
1: Yep, there was in ones deep. that that I watched a lot that I was like, yeah, I can't even put that on a list. But like movies like Burglar, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, Oh, yeah. Blind (laughs) blind Date, was that the one with Bruce Willis? I think so. Yeah.
3: John Larroquette and Kim Basinger. I just saw that again lately.
1: Yeah. We're watching a bit of it. Then you got Harry and the Hendersons, good family film. about Bigfoot. (laughs) Um, one One that almost made my honorable mention was Dragnet.
2: Um, you know, if if I'd seen Dragnet more recently, I'd have a better sense of it. I remember thinking it was... But that's I just like Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is, yeah. is, particularly, uh, is particularly great. But I don't remember that movie being... I mostly think of the music video
1: that they're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember the movie pretty well. <laughs> I saw it a few times. So, um, that and uh, Inner Space, I liked as a kid. I don't think I would care for it as much now, but I, I really enjoyed it as a kid, so... Um, just kind of scanning some of the other stuff. I've never,
2: I've never seen
1: Dirty Dancing to this day. Oh, really? I still hey. have never seen it. It's a good movie. That's what I hear. My mom was addicted to it, which is, I think, why I couldn't even make my honorable mention list, because it was just like I saw it way too many times growing up. More, and it was one of those ones like I don't want to watch it, but it's on TV constantly.
2: <laughs> I mean, going through this list, there was a bunch of movies like, oh, I need to see that.
1: I need to see uh, uh, Baby Boom. I've never seen Baby Boom. Yeah,
2: a few of those sort of popped out. Like oh, I've never seen less than zero. I should I should go look for
1: less than zero. Yeah, uh, the principal was another one that almost made my honorable mention list. That's the one with Jim Belushi. Jim right? Belushi, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's what it was. Yeah, and he's he's playing a serious role in it too. So it was... you know what you do
2: once you've gone through the list, once you've gone through all the decades, you could start from the beginning and do the worst five movies of the year. <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
3: Greg, Greg, I will say this: if you're going to watch *Less Than Zero, prepare to be extremely depressed for at least the rest of that day, if
2: not the rest of that week. <laughs> that, that's why I've not taken that, that stuff to watch. Movie is bleak. <laughs> bleak. It's, it's that movie, and and just going to the light of day thing. Like I've still have never seen *Bright Lights, Big City* because I've never wanted oh. to see that oh, yeah. version of Michael J. Fox.
3: Oh, yeah, that was too.
2: But it, not as rough as uh, not as rough
3: as
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just depressing. I believe it. Oh, one that uh, that no one mentioned that I actually think is a fantastic movie, uh, and almost made my list was uh honorable mention list was uh Planes, Trains and Automobiles.
2: I've never seen that. Oh, it's fantastic. I know, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then there's also uh three men and a baby. That was like a- Sure, there's a cartoonist in that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, look, there's a ton of movies. The pickup artist is pretty good from what I remember.
1: If you want to uh, pick a bad movie from that year, you got Teen Wolf 2. Teen Wolf 2 is terrible. <laughs> All right, let me see. Let me see if I can find a bad movie. I'm
2: going to scan real quick. Uh, I mean, there's there's one that, like, just based on current events, seems like the movie that nobody would want to get anywhere near, and that's Leonard Part 6. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: that's Meatballs a horrible. Meatballs 3 is
2: one with we'll the like alien, one, right? nearly 30 years ago, either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Meatballs Meatballs 3 is one with the alien, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a horrible yeah,
2: that, movie. That might be the worst movie of twenty uh, of, of 1987. Yeah.
1: Possibly. I do From remember the, when Leonard Part uh, 6 came out, people were like, wait, what? where was the other five parts? I never heard about the, the other five the parts. Hilarious,
2: <laughs> the hilarious joke.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> you know what's probably good that I've never seen?
2: I, I, now I want to see Hollywood Shuffle. That's Robert Townsend, right? It's great. That and Amazon Women on the Moon are both really good. I didn't even notice on the list here. I mean, I've
1: never seen it, but now I'm putting it down as a movie to look for. Oh, House 2, the second story. Um, That's a funny title. Yeah, it's... I don't know if you've ever seen House, but House 2... House is great. House is great. House 2, I enjoyed it, but then I saw House, and I was like, wow, what what the hell did they do with the sequel? (laughs) I'm I'm willing to bet My Demon Lover is pretty bad. (laughs) Probably. I have not seen that one. (laughs) With... Family Ties of Zone, Scott Valentine. Oh geez, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace has got to be on that list. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's pretty
2: rough too. Is it worse than Meatballs Three though? Uh, probably not. Yeah, uh, see, that's that's when you start parsing that. So there you go. There's
1: your next round. You could go right. from the beginning and do worse. Jaws for the Revenge. I know that's yes. bad. Oh yeah, that's bad. Um, I will say, La Bamba was a great movie, so that that was a that was a good one. So.
2: And clearly, none of us are James Bond guys, because nobody had the Living Daylights on their
1: list. No, we did not. It's uh,
2: not a particularly memorable Bond
3: movie. It does have a good theme song by the band, Aha, though.
2: Yeah. That's Timothy Dalton's first one? Yes. I believe so. I think so. We did it, guys. We did
1: it. We survived.
2: We, we solved. We solved 1987.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Margaret Stewart, Morgan Stewart's coming home. That was like the bad version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> I have never heard of that movie ever. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> have you heard of that movie, John? Oh, yeah. It's
2: a John Cryer. Yeah. All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> I guess I wasn't paying enough attention in nineteen eighty seven. I was uh I don't know. I was twelve. <laughs> Get off my back. <laughs> uh. I, was busy, I was too busy keeping
1: track of all the superheroes my GI Joes became.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I remember Cherry two thousand not being the movie that I was hoping it would be. So and <laughs> now is that supposed to be a remake or a sequel of the of the, the Marlon
2: Brando movie?
1: I don't know.
2: Uh, It's
3: post-apocalyptic guys get a almost like a weird
2: science, right? I
0: mean, she's like
2: a a bomb robot lady or something. Yeah. So so let me... I gotta figure... There's a Marlon Brando movie that I think was also called Cherry. I need to see.
3: Oh, it's nothing like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Candy. The movie I'm thinking of is Candy. There's some Marlon Brando movie called Candy that's supposed to be bananas. I've never seen it, but everything I've seen of it makes me go, what the hell was that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm looking at IMDb right now. Ringo Starr is in it. Nice. Yeah, this looks like a weird one. Candy, an innocent high schooler, encounters numerous colorful characters and humorous sexual situations while attempting to find meaning in life. (laughs) From 1968. So when you guys do your 1960s podcast, you
1: can (laughs) can get into Candy. Nice. Well, I think, uh, I think we kind of shot our bolt when it comes to 1987. Uh. <laughs> Exhausted our audience to yes. uh, the nth degree. Yes. So, uh, Greg, uh, how can they find your stuff? And uh, uh, whether it be your, your creations or your podcasts, give them the whole spiel. All right.
2: Here's the whole spiel. Uh, my hub website is HatterEntertainment.com, H-A-T-T-E-R-Entertainment.com. From there, you'll be able to find everything, be it my book, uh, the PIX series, which you can also find at PIXcomic.com, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C, that's available everywhere. All your online retailers, your local comic shop should be able to order it, no problem. You can go to IndieBound.org to find a local bookseller to buy it from, or from which to buy it. Don't end up preposition. That's the <laughs> rules. Uh I have two podcasts. They come out intermittently. One is called Stuff Said. That is me talking about comics with comic book people. Hopefully, my Heroes Con panels, I'll get those recordings and release those as episodes. And then I need to get back to talking to people about comics. And the other podcast is called Cruising Together, where myself and past Star Joe's guest Chris Jeruso have seen and discussed every single Tom Cruise me. Up to and through the Mummy, which came out yesterday. That episode, or this, whenever you guys run this episode. That episode came out June 29th, and then trying to think if there's anything else. I also work on SpongeBob comics, so if you're into SpongeBob SquarePants, there's a comic book with SpongeBob in it, and I work on that. And I think that's it. I have a monthly newsletter. You can sign up for that on my mailing list on my website. The new edition is coming out tomorrow, so you probably will not get that one.
0: <laughs>
2: I think John, you get them, right? I think, think so. If not, totally it's okay. okay. <laughs> I won't be offended if you don't. <laughs> Maybe you don't. I don't know. Hmm. Only if you want to subscribe. I'm not going to force anybody's hand.
3: It's fair enough. There.
2: Yeah. yeah. And John. Uh, but yeah. on my news on my newsletter tomorrow, I will be offering my opinion of the new Gong Show. Oh, nice. If anybody's curious about how I feel about the gong
1: show. I have mixed feelings about it, so... I didn't know there was a new gong show. Yeah. There is a new gong show. Wow. And I love the classic gong show,
2: so... uh, I I love the classic gong show. Yes.
1: Gene Gene the Dancing Machine and the Unknown Comic. I love...
2: The new gong show is not the classic gong show.
1: No, it is not.
2: (laughs) That's all I'll say. I'll save the rest for my
1: letter gotcha any any, uh face-to-face conversations (laughs) sounds good sounds good Uh, we'll we'll have to talk about that in in Baltimore if you end up being there there, we go Uh, but uh and I will say just uh quickly speaking of things that were not what you want it to be uh I did get to see the new Transformers movie uh that's all I'll say about it (laughs) wow Uh, it's very well known on this show that I am not a fan of the Transformers movies. I thought the first one was decent. I didn't like the designs of the robots, but I got, you know, knowing that they were never going to change that, um, uh, I thought the third one was pretty good, uh, I did not like the second one. I thought the fourth one was abysmal. I have no idea why that one made money. Um, Because uh, you went and saw it. It's your fault. No, I did not pay to go see any that fourth one, and I did not go pay, see this one either. Paid uh, somebody paid for it. Uh, oh, I paid for it, just not with money. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is not as bad as the fourth one, but it is a very close second. <laughs> I've seen none of them, and I think I'm... Uh, I think your life is you're better all the because off. of it. I was right. saying, your life is better because of it, so... So I am doing a public service announcement to our fans that there's really no need for you to go see this movie unless you actually enjoyed the fourth one. So if you like the fourth one, then by all means go see this one because you'll like this one too. (laughs) um, John, how can they find you? Find me on Twitter, John underscore Thurman,
3: Facebook, John Thurman. I want to give a plug for a TV show. I know I talk a lot about podcasts and I still listen to a lot of great stuff, but Uh, recently Netflix put out the show Glow, which is the, uh, kind of, it's based on the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling show from the late eighties, which if you haven't seen that documentary, what I would suggest is watch the show and then watch the documentary afterwards. Uh, but the show is like eight part eight or nine, ten, whatever many episodes it is. It's based in the eighties. It's great. I will put out the warning though. That this is not a family-friendly show. Uh, Those of you that part of the reason I watched is because I've always had a sweet spot for Alison Brie since she was on Community. Yeah, I got to see all of Alison Brie. You get to to yeah,
2: you see your sweet spots in the
3: first first, episode, the first (laughs) ten minutes of that show, and then I saw her, um, you know, uh, enjoying herself. With uh, with a man uh, later on, and I was absolutely stunned. I did not expect that. Mark I, was Mar- watching,
2: I was watching that at the gym, and I was not expecting that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mark Maron's great. He's coked up in it. I can totally see him. I don't know how much of a character he's actually playing because it just it's really kind of an extension of him. But uh, it, it, it's it, if you if you watched Glow it, it, back at that time, like I did, or uh, if you. If you didn't and you just want to see something really about about these women that put together this wrestling – they put together a wrestling promotion where none of them are wrestlers and they kind of learn along the way, it, the first season's tremendous. Um, I watched it in a day. Wow. Kind of I binged it big time. And, so,
2: uh, yeah. so, John, I've watched the first two, and I did watch okay. the documentary a couple months ago. Sure. Are, are you suggesting people not watch that? documentary – are you saying people watch the documentary after because? No, I think it's it because what's happening to me is I'm watching and I'm trying to piece together who everybody's supposed to be. So they're not. Yeah, the the
3: TV yeah. show, the the characters on the the Netflix series are not direct copies. Uh, they're they're not playing. It's not a one to one. So right. they 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 kind of lifted the general idea, but you know, in terms of the good versus evil and that kind of thing is there. But they don't have. You know, there's not. Uh, right mount fiji
2: isn't there Americans
3: yeah, yeah kinda of, Mount Fiji they kind of have this, but no, I, the reason I suggest that is you can kind of see what happens with the show with uh, the the Netflix series and then go watch the documentary and learn kind of where those the ladies that wrote the show kind of their impetus right to do it was based on the was based on this old uh eighties series yeah, yeah, nice nice.
1: Well, you can find, uh, in relation to Starjoes, you can find us at Starjoes.com. That's really where you can find everything related to the show for the most part. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. The group page, uh, if you request to join it, I will approve it the second I see it. Uh, that has consistently been growing, and people keep participating, uh, putting up articles, putting up... Stuff to talk about. I absolutely love the community we have there and love to have you be a part of it if, if you're not already. Um, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's podcast. Uh, on Instagram, uh, you can actually, s- uh, I post comic reviews of stuff that I'm reading. Uh, I, you know, post an image of the comic and, and put a, a brief blurb about what I thought of it and a rating for it. And, uh, so that's out there. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, which I plan to have it out because uh, I'm putting myself on a very strict schedule going forward so that I can get stuff out more regularly for everybody, um, whether it be videos or podcasts or anything like that. I actually have a calendar now that I mark every day that I'm doing something, um, uh, so it should be out <laughs> relatively soon uh, from when we're recording this. Uh, there will also be the Patreon account will be out there. So I will have links to that on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive. There will be exclusive content for people that decide to become patrons. Uh, it helps with some, it'll help with some of the costs of doing the show and will help with some of the costs of things I want to do for the show. Um, so uh, take a look for that. Uh, on Patreon. Like I said, that should be up and running by the time this episode comes out. And uh, you can call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440 joes And uh, let's see, email starjoespodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email we'll read it on the air and respond to it. Uh, And we have merchandise. Uh, If you go to StarJoes.com on the right-hand side, there is a link to buy T-shirts and sweatshirts and coffee mugs with the StarJoes logo on it. So uh, I believe that is everything. And, then John, as you have often said, if we didn't get it this time, we'll get it next time. Uh, But with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.
0: You my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! Oh. Ah. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die! Now! Offer me money. Yes. Power too. Promise Be me that. Back. All that I have and more. Please, offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back.